Welcome back to the three-man weave. Basically heading into the 2019-2020 season as free agency is officially kicked off here on July 1st. Martin, what has been the highlight of free agency for you so, thus far? Uh, my highlight of free agency is being in Los Angeles and watching all these Lakers fans just so highly equivocating how Kawhi Leonard is about to become a Los Angeles Laker. And I just, I am anxiously awaiting for the moment where he either, well, I think he should do resign in Toronto or signs with the other Los Angeles basketball team just to see the world burn. Because don't get me wrong, it will burn around here if that happens. That would be quite the self-fulfilling prophecy. Kras, <laughs> what's been the highlight for you? Well, I started a uh, new job today. Hey! Yeah, thank you. Uh, sadly, had no, not sadly, but I got off the subway at uh, 33rd and 8th, and there was a certain stench in the air, and it was coming from Madison Square Garden, and it was James Dolan. He smells like absolute shit. You can smell it when you get off the subway. He's toxic, but this is the life of uh, being a Knicks fan, so... I'm looking forward to continuing my NBA analysis with you guys, gents, because being a Knicks fan, not that it's done, but it's just really a piece of shit. So, Cat, bask in the glory. You have at least two free agents in your hometown, our hometown of Brooklyn, down the block, and potentially your other one out in L.A. We'll see. It could literally happen while recording this episode. How are you feeling? Well, you know, I said that you'd have to be high out of your mind to want Kyrie Irving instead of D'Angelo Russell. Well, you'd also have to have been high out of your mind to think that Kevin Durant was going to come to Brooklyn. But here we are. We're living in a world where Kevin Durant has chosen to become a Brooklyn net. And I just wonder how much credit I get. I deserve. Top notch recruiter. No, honestly, you were like all year. Why not the other New York team? Why not the other New York team? And it's like, bro, because who cares about the other New York team? But, like, I'm literally having a conversation in my text messages right now. Somebody said, people don't want to be Clippers. I said, people didn't want to be Nets until yesterday. Yes. Martin, you finally come around. It's a new season. People did not want to be Nets until yesterday. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Don't worry, Crash. We'll take you and the rest of the Weavers and Achievers over on the Go Hard bandwagon. Hey, I'm staying true to my orange and blue. All right. And on that note, are you ready to get to it? Let's, Let's get, get to, to, it. It. to it. To it. To it. To it. To it. To it. Welcome to the three-man week. Featuring your host, Cat. Martin and Crash. Let's get ready to weave and achieve. Oh, what is what a what is what a stretch, fellas! What a stretch! Free agency is off with a bang, and it happened with something uh, right in our backyard. Crash, where were you when you first learned of the news? 
in my apartment in Brooklyn, ironically enough, uh, saw the I turned on my notifications for Woj, Stein and Shams this weekend, which became pretty obnoxious while I was at dinner a few hours later. No. OK, Crash, a, a quick, a quick, a, a quick aside. The trick yeah. is you have to turn off the notification. You have to turn off like it ringing for your notification. Just have yeah. it pop up on your screen. So that way, when you go back, you have you have all those tweets and then it'll be like. Like it'll be like from twenty minutes ago all the way up to like one minute ago. See, I'm I'm an exp- I'm am- I'm an amateur when it comes about to, to say. I gotta I gotta admit I've always just checked Twitter so frequently that I haven't necessarily needed them, but I turned them on. It I barely could sleep, you know. Then Sunday night, so I had to turn them off. But uh, I was in my apartment and I saw that uh, Woj said he was going to announce it on his Instagram or his his business's Instagram, and then a few minutes later, however much longer it was said that he was going to the Nets, and I was just like, shit, this is really happening. I thought he was maybe the one shot at one of these guys the Knicks had, and once that didn't happen, I just, you know, you just drop any hope as a Knicks fan, and you think, okay, there's no direction to go now. Kawhi's not going to come. They're not going to get any – there's no other big guy to get. What are they going to do? How bad is this going to be? All right. That was kind of a bummer. <laughs> Uh, Martin, how about you? Where were you when, when you learned of the news? I was transitioning from the uh, living room to the bedroom. I was uh, watching Narcos in the living room, and I saw, oh, you know, well, it's getting close to six. I haven't really heard much news. Maybe I should go turn on ESPN. You know, let's see what what, what are the rumblings. What does Rachel Nichols have to say at a time like this? So I go back. You know, because ESPN, you know, that's a bedroom thing for me. Who are you, George Costanza? <laughs> so I cut on ESPN, and I see also I see Woj saying that Kevin Durant's going to produce it on Instagram, and I think, wow, that's interesting. Like he's really going to okay. So there is no meeting period. He's all he's known this whole time, and then like twenty minutes later, Woj was like. Well, check out that Instagram thing later because they're both going to the Nets. And honestly, when I first was, honestly, I felt bad for Kraz. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Martin. <laughs> because it was a level of like, I felt bad for Kraz because if you, you guys know, like Back to the Future, uh, the, the first Back to the Future where they're racing in the pictures, yeah. it's like I just saw Kevin Durant. And and uh, Kyrie and Zion getting erased out of all those photoshops and like R.J. R. Barrett's stick figure drawn in the middle. And it's just like, man, that's fucked up. And but in part two, because crash, like not that I'm connected, but people who are connected tell me that the Knicks were operating under the under the uh, they told me the Knicks were operating under the, the guys that, that Kevin Brent was going to be there. So that's my question to you. As someone that, that sounded pretty confident and is fairly in the know and actual, actually connected, um, when when do you think – do you think that was the case, that they were planning on going to the Knicks and something changed? And when do you think that change occurred? Was it gradual throughout the season as the Nets were actually producing like a, you know, a formidable team with a, that could actually – that's a respectable organization? Or do you think it was the KD injury? Or do you think it was earlier? I'm curious on your take there. I think that it probably made a major change 
I think it was just a gradual. I don't know if there was ever a point where it was like a super major change, but from everything I'm hearing now, I think we're looking at it from the wrong side. We have to look at it from when was Kyrie Irving done with Boston? When was he going to Brooklyn? Like, I think that it's Kyrie. I think it'll come out in the next couple of days that Kyrie had a big influence on this versus, like, Kevin Durant. Like, it's going to be KD's team, but KD wanted to play with Kyrie. We're really – we have to look at when we dropped the episode uh, after the KP trade and figure that they had to have heard that. And, you know, we were really hyping up Brooklyn, and we were kind of, you know, doing some Nick sighing on the podcast. I would say that the KP trade had to have been, regardless of the three-man weave, that had to have been definitely a sign of institutional discord where they can't retain a superstar. He was so hot to get out. Combine that with Kyrie getting ready to leave. No, but the narrative was that they did that to clear the room for those guys. At that point, I think the Knicks' confidence was was high, wasn't it? I mean, yes. To answer your question is yes, crash. Knicks' confidence was high. But one thing I didn't realize, I just heard um, – uh, maybe Zach Lowe said earlier today, do you know the dude who gave Porzingis the nickname the Unicorn was KD? And they could, it's not like they couldn't have signed him, by the way. They could have kept KP and still signed KD. That's what I'm saying. The Kyrie thing then just be, kind of came collateral damage. Yeah, which is, which is what the Knicks do, just like spin things after the fact, like the bullshit that uh, they weren't going to offer KD the max because of his medicals. That's just something you say after he won't give you the time of day. Well... It's it's weird because I, I think that if there was a, if there was a generational shift, like if there was a big shift, I think it was after Porzingis was traded. And you see Katie up there, like I don't know who traded fucking Porzingis, right? Like I don't know who did it, like uh, during his press conference, like no one asked you about Porzingis, bro. Like you snitching on yourself, right? If, if like there was like there's kind of like I think that would have been a moment if there was a moment, but I do think it was much less about. New York swinging and missing, like the New York Knicks swinging and missing, and the Nets doing – Zach Lowe put – see, again, I keep borrowing from him. I literally just turned it off before we listened, but he said it in a good way that made me think of it. The Nets have proof of concept, right? And a lot of times you're doing a business or you're pitching something, you just have to show that you think it might work, not necessarily that, you know, that it is already working. I remember when we recorded the in the second round of the playoffs or first round was the second round for it had to be first round when Brooklyn was playing Philly. I'm like, dude, D'Angelo Russell is taking these shots and it should be Karis LeVert. It's like D'Angelo yeah. Russell's the guy who's driving. Like, like D'Angelo Russell's not going to be the answer here long term. Like, this is a cute little team, and I think that if I'm Kyrie Irving, as I'm sitting there shooting five for twenty or a five for 25 or whatever I'm doing against Milwaukee, I sit back and I'm like, man, you know, that team would be a lot better with me on it. I definitely think that in addition to it, to that being the case, I think that Brooklyn's also much more of a blank slate. It's more of a tabula rasa. You can create your own destiny in Brooklyn. They're real, you can gain fans. You can really look at every new fan that comes and roots for the team as someone that's coming there because of you, because there really is such a small fan base really in New York that follows the team day in, day out. They never get any play on any of the local New York sports media. It's a Knicks town. Well, guess what? And these two guys, <laughs> we're going to make this a Nets town. And that's really, I feel like at the end of the it's day, what you guys want, right? They're both very ego driven. They want to make it like their own thing. And now they come to Brooklyn and they don't have to be like kissing anybody's ring. There's nobody 
in the Nets, it's like your jersey is going to be the jersey in the Raptors. And I think you're right, Kraz. I think that James Dolan has officially become a problem where guys don't want to work for somebody that's going to drag Charles Oakley out of the stadium and make yeah. him spend a night in jail and is going to make hold for Kevin and all that BS. And then going on the Michael K show and doing that like weird, like kind of like half apology, but not apologize because he's the victim and there's a conspiracy. He's the biggest, he's, yeah. He's, he's gone from being, I mean, not gone from, he's just continued to prove himself to be beyond the biggest ass clown owner, beyond the biggest conceited and ego driven, just like, just a bad person, just a bad person that, that does not run his organization well, has proven that time and time again. And I think there's enough uh, exposure and access to him f- through media or, or just rumblings and things now. And the players are more in tune with that than ever before. And they have, you know, they've proven that they have a lot of agency in the, where they play. And that's great for them. And it's horrible for fans of bad ownership teams and you see less of them right because fans have called them out or or they've been exposed and unfortunately nothing has forced dolan out but you're you're right cat like they they knew they could come to brooklyn do the same business stuff that they want to do right like the internet other than like la and san francisco brooklyn is where it's at like kevin durant can do so much of his investing and that sort of stuff he wants to do they can buy up neighborhoods and shit like that like these guys could become east coast you know, borderline billionaires, not to go that, to not to be hyperbolic about it. And then you think about the fact that like there, Brooklyn has history, like there's black history in Brooklyn that has never been revived because it never had a sport or a culture that was really doing it or another great rapper. They took away the Dodgers. They took away the Dodgers. Jackie Robinson was like the pioneer. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, Biggie and, and that, and that sort of thing coming up in like the eighties and nineties. And it, it, never quite continued and now again like these guys like you said it's a blank slate it's a good organization and they've proven themselves to be a good young team and now they're going to add one all pro player this year and another all pro player next year because they're basically just shelving redshirt and kevin durant and if you look at this social media dumpling Kyrie's instagram video it's all an homage to brooklyn and the the jersey nets he grew up South Jersey wanting to replicate the Nets going to the finals with like Jay Kidd and Kerry Kittles. So Kyrie seems like he was the one that might have said to KD, like, hey man, like, yo, no, this is a Nets thing. Like, we're doing the Nets. And over the course of the season, it played out. Look, 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 look. Uh, if you are into the Hallways of Pruder film, it's Kyrie putting his fingers out saying, they got two. They got two. So, like, in, in the hallway at the All-Star game, it's Kyrie saying they got two, or KD's waving his hands. No, no, no. Not the other way around. Now that you guys have got your Knicks, uh, or James Dolan, uh, lashing out. Wait, can I just go on record real quick and say that I didn't have any, you know, negative resentment? And, you know, Knicks fans, this is something that you can do. If I told you that the San Antonio Spurs passed on a marquee free agent because they didn't want to offer him a full max because of his medicals, just in a vacuum, you'd be like, all right, well, they probably know what they're doing, right? Now, I understand that the Knicks, I understand that the Knicks don't get that. They don't, they don't get the uh, I know what they're doing, 
the version of life. Like they don't get that opportunity. But Kraz, like you said before, off mic, this team is almost like they got the big guy anyway because they're just getting all these role players and they're signing them for these two-year deals. But I think what the Knicks are doing right now, if allowed to continue to do so, right? So there's the big if, right? If James Dolan allows him to continue to do so, this makes sense. Like if this was – if this was when the Brooklyn Nets did this same thing before they were even considered a, a, a destination, when they were hoarding their young talent and just building up from the gutter, right? It made a lot of sense, and they signed guys. No, that's when they signed, like, Alan Crabb. At, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, and okay, so you're not wrong, right? Like, in a vacuum, swinging and missing on free agents and – giving two year contracts to some young potential players and some veterans who can perform. But like I said, it, it almost looks like they're surrounding a great player with good veterans that, that would support them well. Um, but they're not, they're surrounding like rookies and developing players. So we'll see how like Alfred Payton and Wayne Ellington can help Damian Dotson and Dennis Smith jr. I guess. But I, I just don't believe that it that they actually did ask for. I, I just think they're terrible at PR spins, and they thought that was better than just no news at all of them just not getting him, but really wanted to say, oh, no, this was a conscious decision. I, I refuse to believe that that they made a conscious decision not to the medicals because in, in practice, I believe what you're saying, not giving a max. Like if it were Amari, it may, yeah, right? That's what people are saying. All right, they thought about Amari. If it were Amari and it was a guy that was maybe run down, then maybe you question the and you want the medicals. But KD is KD. If everyone else, if 99.9% of the people are going to offer the guy the max, how are you going to be the one team that claims they're not? If I'm New York and I'm not 100% sure, right, it makes sense to me to try to do what the Nets did and try to do what the Clippers are in the process of attempting to do. And just show, like, look, dude, we, if you come here, like, our shit, like LeBron, like the Lakers did with LeBron. Like, the Lakers weren't a 10-win team when LeBron came. They weren't a playoff team. But they was like, look, we got a core of young players, of which two or three of these guys we think can be competitive championship-level players, right? Yeah. We got a – so, like, so you come here, we'll figure the rest of this shit out. Um and, you know, a year later, now, now it's, it's looked completely disgusting along the way, right? Like, you know, but a year later, we got Anthony Davis and one of those guys and Kyle Kuzma, right? So, like, if, I, if I'm the Knicks, I'm looking over like, hey, you see what LeBron's going through in L.A.? Obviously, we're the Knicks. We're a much better run organization than the Lakers. We would never be as mismanaged as that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But you see the point. Like, look, we got Kevin Knox, we got Alonzo Trier, and we got, like, I don't know, Damian Dotson and Mitchell Robinson. Out of these four players, one of them is going to stick, and that's going to be your third banana. And theoretically add Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, and that's kind of it. So that's what's a little funky to me. It's like Randle and Portis fit the the mold of under 25-year-old, like early guys have produced earlier in their career but have potential to either go – a step up or stay the same and really not get much better. So I throw them in the same category as like Dotson or Trier, but they're better players already. But the Taj, I mean, Taj Gibson, they paid like $10 million a year for two years for Taj Gibson. When Ed Davis went for $10 million for two years, instead of 10 million a year and Wayne Ellington and Bullock, like these guys are good players. I like Wayne Ellington. I actually like Reggie Bullock, but 
why are the Knicks, unless they're just like so specific around type of players, because those guys are very similar players. And then Gibson, Randall and Portis are very similar. So I don't know. It's it's just seems like some of it seems calculated and some of it seems like they're just filling cap space, which I guess you have to do. But I don't I don't know. Again, I'm still a Knicks fan, so I'm going to I kind of like what they're doing. And I'm kind of in agreement with you, Martin, that that should be the plan. And it at least seems like it is the plan. It just sucks that the fans were kind of teased that it wasn't the plan. And well, you know, it's that plan B at least. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you think this is plan B? Well, the plan A was originally to do this alongside superstars. This is plan B, C, whatever now by like trying to mold young players and and rep, re, you know, re, make up for whatever horrible branding has been done and see if Fizdale, Perry and uh, and Mills, who are in year two now, can can continue to lead some change. But I don't know that I, that's so sad of me to say. Yeah, I didn't want to be the one to say it, but it, it is it is a little. Let's sad. let's move yeah. on. Like, let's all right, we on. talked a lot about the Knicks and Nets. Let's talk. OK, so the Nets also lost. D'Angelo Russell in what seems as no one was talking about. Everyone had him to either Minnesota or uh, I don't know, the Lakers even. But D'Angelo Russell goes in a sign and trade to Golden State. Martin, was it? did you have any rumblings or any sense that that would be a thing that Golden State did? No, but it makes sense. Okay, so first of all, there's a, I have a couple of different thoughts. It makes sense you're trying to get value back, right? Because, like, as we saw in the finals, that team that was in the finals is like a 45-win team in the West. Like, I really believe that. I don't think they're great. Like, I don't think that Steph and Draymond move the needle. Excuse me. Or move the needle in such a way. But move the needle in such a way that the Warriors are accustomed to – even a third of what the Warriors are accustomed to doing. So, on the base level, I understand trying to get talent back – especially when you have an opportunity to do so. Everybody was telling me how Bob Myers is a great GM over the last couple of years. And I just cha- – I wonder about that because if you just look at the two GMs, everybody's talking about these are two – you know, these two teams have great GMs. I'm like, well, one of these two teams made two different two-player for one-player trades and had nine players that could go in the finals. The other one of this team just re-signed their players, and they're like they're two players short of fielding a five-man roster. It feels like no, but all their guys, I will say at least, are homegrown. Like they drafted Draymond, Clay, Steph, Looney. The KD was their first free agent get, and that's kind of what the D'Angelo feels like—an out of nowhere like replacement. Although KD wasn't really replacing anybody, but I don't know. I think he's been pretty s- smooth in certain moves to be able to maintain guys and maintain the flexibility to keep guys. I guess for me, the moves they're making now, they should have tried to make last year and not necessarily moving like a guy for like a guy like D'Angelo Russell, because from what I could understand, the market for D'Angelo Russell, for whatever reason, did not seem to be particularly great. Well, I think that's foolish. I'm a big D'Angelo Russell fan. And I would, I was, I said on this podcast, I would have preferred to have kept him on the nets uh, in in favor of uh, in in lieu of Kyrie, but I would de- I'm definitely high on him. He he had Moxie. He had like the ability to take over games and was uh, an All Star and made the playoffs. Like he had a great season and he's young. You just offered a guy from like the most you can offer him for some Moxie. The guy who needs a ball in his hands in a, in a system in which it's all about the passing, the cut, and the spacing, and he doesn't get to the rim. 
He's a mid-range guy. Yeah, but he's also like a capable player. Does Steph become like their default two guard now? And they, I mean, they're going to be terrible defensively with no clay. With clay out, they're going to be bad defensively in the backcourt. But I guess really, really hard to guard. Like they'll run like like D'Angelo Steph pick and rolls and shit like that, and be impossible to guard. Exactly. They both hit, have a pretty limitless range. You just spread the floor. There's like new age Splash Brothers. And then maybe you try to trade D'Angelo the year after. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they make it work because the West is obviously going to be very competitive. You look at teams like Utah got aggressive, Portland going after Hassan Whiteside, Denver still probably has a move to make. The Lakers or Clippers might get Kawhi. So, you know, the Warriors are in a more competitive West as we saw last year. And then the Rockets obviously are strangely not the favorites, even though they keep losing to the Warriors barely and we, you know, see, we don't fear the beard anymore, but, uh, all right. So the Warriors added D'Lo, uh, staying in the East, just to continue down the free agency rabbit hole, Miami and Philly in a little Atlantic, well, not Atlantic, but East coast, uh, swindling here. Uh, Miami basically agrees for a sign and trade. So Philly's going to technically sign Butler and trade him to Miami, uh, Philly gets back Josh Richardson in this deal, and and Jimmy Butler just goes to South Beach to a horrible roster, and that now traded Hassan Whiteside. Thoughts? That's awesome. I mean, he he's bad <laughs> at ping pong, so he just wants to go to South Beach and hang out. They don't really play much ping pong down there. It's too hot. They're just in the pool. And Jimmy Butler strikes me. If Jimmy Butler's attending a a Chicago brunch, jazz brunch, in Chicago, this guy's looking to party. Yeah, it's just funny because he talked about when he went to Philly, how he was excited, you know, wanted his way out of Minnesota, wanted a better situation. And whether or not he had some like personal vendetta with Brett Brown or something else in Philly, like it was a winning situation and they were ready to embrace him. And I don't know if they weren't going to offer him the money, but Tobias Harris got plenty of money from Philly. And then Al Horford got plenty of money from Philly. And all of a sudden they're. You know, not to say the best team in the East obviously depends on Kawhi and and the Bucks are still great and you know Boston retooled, but Philly has a hell of a defensive team and still has Joel Embiid. So that team looks looks really good and Al Horford's a nice addition. Miami is just that was a weird move and they just become a team in the terrible Southeast Division now. Charlotte signing Rozier to a weird contract and the Wizards sinking. Well, wait, hold on. Before we move on here from the Heat. Uh, I feel like Jimmy Butler is over good for over under two and a half game-winning shots at home where he'll stand up on the scoreboard. Over. Under. You said over, Kras? Yeah, I think uh, – I don't know if he'll necessarily stand on the thing every well, that's, time. That's the question. I feel like it's you got to hammer the over because that's why Jimmy Butler – Went to the Heat. He was like, yo, I saw the way that they treated Dwayne Wade, who loved to get up on that thing and say, this is my city. And Jimmy Butler knows he'll be able to get away with that in Miami. It's just the way it is. They look for the the big shots, the glitz and the glam. Miami, South Beach. Yeah, if they're in the arena. They'll be there. They'll come out for Jimmy Butler. Uh, Yeah, Jimmy Butler is not. Dwayne Wade had a lot of sweat equity built into that uh, towards the end for the guys to go and see his last game. I'll tell you what, though. Jimmy Butler starts hitting a bunch of game-winning shots and starts going up on the scoreboard. You're going to get a lot of people interested. It's, sh- it's showtime down there. 
If I'm a team like the Clippers or Miami or Chicago, and that's about it, where <laughs> I live in these desirable places where people want to live, like I'm all about my proof of concept, bro. That's all I'm. That's all I, I took it from Zach Lowe. I'm keeping it. That's all I'm trying to do. But wasn't Josh Richardson a big part of that proof of concept? Like obviously D'Angelo Russell. I guess it's the same concept. You're you're replacing. D'Angelo Russell with Kyrie replacing Josh Richardson with with Jimmy Butler and he's better version. But no, I, I think Jimmy Butler. I think I think Butler is your your concept, right? They're like, look, like this is for other people to come now. Like like Jimmy's here. We got Jimmy. Like don't like like Gordon. Like whatever. Like now when they come and they have the free agent meeting, whenever they fly in, they helicopter from the airport and they go down Biscayne Bay and they see the arena and they pull up at the back of Pat Riley's house and the max contract is sitting there next to a cigar and a glass of red. Jimmy Butler's there too. But do guys really want to play with Jimmy Butler? And that's the other end of it, right? That's the other side of it. Like, he just hates on all of his teammates every time. Like, I think the problem with in Philly was not going to be end up being Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid. It was going to be Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons. Because Ben Simmons doesn't have, like, Colin Anthony Towns doesn't quite have the motor that Jimmy Butler would like him to have, right? And it's like, so I think if you found, like, you know who would get along great? Draymond. G- G- Draymond. Jimmy Butler and Russell Westbrook. They'd be the best of friends. The three of them. Jimmy Butler, the three of them would they would be the bet that that would be the most dysfunctional functional locker room <laughs> of all time because they all speak the same language, right? Like Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, then they speak the same language. You know, they like he's like, "Why are you so mad at me? I don't understand why you're so mad at me." Like that's like like even when you go back and watch like Kevin Durant getting called a bitch, he's like, "I just want to play basketball. Why are you so upset?" And people who are like normal, well-adjusted people, like. Sound that like right like like, like Carlton Towns be like bro like we are all millionaires making a lot of money playing this game I'm trying to get better bro it doesn't help with you standing over me yelling like you're my dad right but like some people operate better under those type of circumstances Jimmy Butler's one of them That's right we can't have anyone freak out out there okay we've got to keep our composure we've come too far there's too much to lose we've got to keep our composure. Oh, what are we announcing here? Our first and only. Hot topic. It's free fucking agency. In case you didn't know. So let's go to the Eastern Conference. We're going to go through each division, each team, and we're going to go through each guy, and we're going to give a quick like it or hate it, or love it or hate it. All right, let's go first to the Nets. So Brooklyn Nets, whole class, KD, Kyrie, DeAndre Jordan, and former Clipper legend Garrett Temple. I like how DeAndre Jordan was also a former Clipper legend. Love it. Yes, we're Garrett Temple. Once a Clipper, always a Clipper. Love it, and I love how DeAndre Jordan was part of the big three signing. All-time finesse. Oh man, talk all going down in the all time finesse list is getting those two guys to take less money to pay DeAndre Jordan. I'm taking both of them out to dinner. Good for DeAndre. All right, Boston Celtics, Kemba Walker and Enos Cantor. Love Kemba Cantor's a he got played off the court in the playoffs. 
Now he's your starting center. Congrats. Same. I'm down on Cantor, and it's weird. They apparently Portland like barely gave him time to decide, but I just think he's a not a guy you win with necessarily. Love the Kemba upgrade in the locker room from Kyrie, which is what they clearly needed. Well, they, they can quickly they can get back to some of the more Isaiah Thomasy stuff that they were running. Yep. But it's all going to come down to how they can manage the Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They still got a crowded team and they got to figure it out. So uh, I, I, w- I hated it. Uh, Sixers, Al Horford, Tobias Harris. I uh, love it. I love zigging. Everybody's pacing space. All right, cool. We'll just be the biggest team in the history of basketball. Loved it as well. I feel like somebody needed to be able to spell Joel Embiid on the defensive end and Al Horford's the perfect guy to do it. Love it. That was perfectly said, Catman. I 100% agree with both you guys. They're going to be a fun, interesting team. Horford's hopefully going to shoot the threes, and Embiid is going to be the one diving, and they'll hopefully shoot less threes. So it should be fun to watch. And uh, it's kind of like with Deion Sanders. Like the only guy who could cover uh, Jerry Rice was Deion Sanders. That was so they just traded. They for just traded. Yeah, yeah, great call. Now it's and now it's Cantor. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> exactly. Embiid <laughs> <laughs> like licking his chops. All right, the New York Knicks: Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington, Reggie Bullock, and Alfred Payton. Love it. I do. I'm with Martin. In I love it in a vacuum. I think if the, if one of the other names in that was KD, I would love it even more. It literally feels like a team you fill out with KD if you have KD. Good take, Chris. Good take. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that I have to be that guy, but I hate it. I think it's uh, I think it's misguided. I feel like you're right, Chris. It would be great if KD were there, but he's not. This is like in the Calcutta when I had 17 teams. Uh, and none of them got to the Sweet 16. It's like being able to run home to the fans and be like, look, guys, like we got the most guys on the list, but it doesn't really make any sense. I mean, the fact that Taj Gibson got $10 million a year, like that's that's a finesse bag. Where did he come from? And Julius Randle, $20 million a year. Funny that they came out with the Achilles stuff uh, about – Zion uh, about Zion Williamson about uh it's funny that they came out with the Achilles stuff about Kevin Durant but then they signed Julius Randle felt hypocritical hate it I'm a Nets fan so I'm biased I will say though they were that all these guys got two-year deals so not, not to say we're planning for free agency 2021 but they did they were at least smart about the way they're setting up their contracts you are planning you're planning for free agency 2020. Well, they know that's that next year, they know that next year is not a great free agency class. So, but that's but that's why all these two year deals, like a hundred percent, they're waiting for like that Bradley Beal class to open wide up, and they're gonna be they're they're I, I if they allow I, bro, I, Martin's buying low on the Knicks. <laughs> I'm buying so low on the Knicks. I'm buying oh so low. Oh my god! All right, I'm, I'm buying. I'm love. buying. You're always welcome here, Martin. You're always welcome here. I'm, I'm like a. You know what I am right now? I'm like a Bitcoin buyer after the crash. <laughs> here's a here's a good question. We can put that. We can etch this in stone. Over under Knicks win total from this past year. Over. Over. They have guys that can play in the NBA. Like you, they didn't have guys like Julius Randle and and Wayne Ellington and I'm naming not great players, I guess. But 
No, but last year they were starting like Mario Hazonia and Trey Burke for for the a half the year. Like they were really really bad last year. Or under twenty five wins. I'll take the under on that. All right, so that's a good soft spot there. All right, and then Toronto Raptors not applicable. Waiting on Kawhi. Waiting on Danny Green. I like. I mean, there's nothing to not like. Okay. Their free agency start. Their free agency starts when Kawhi says, "I stay or I go." Love it. They're the champions, and they're set for another twenty-five years as the champions. Again, congrats. Eh? Uh All right, Kraz, you want to take us through the central? Yeah, Milwaukee Bucks re-signed. Well, not just re-signed. Chris Middleton had a thirteen million dollar player option, which he obviously turned down, and then got max money. Good for Chris Middleton. Brooke Lopez, another guy that was on a small deal. The Bucks did a great job, find, great job finding value and then turning him to a three-point fucking sniper last year. Resigned and got paid like 15 mil a year. They also signed his brother Robin, which is fun because they could be fun compliments now because Brooke can really shoot. Resigned George Hill and then paid Wes Matthews not too much, but to kind of re- probably replace that Malcolm Brogdon role. Um, I love it. It's It was their only move and they were not going to be able to keep three of Lopez, Middleton, and, and Brogdon. So losing him hurts, but I, I love it because they stayed competitive and you hope that Giannis continued to make leaps every year. I don't like it on a paper move, but because you have Giannis there and Chris Middleton is his boy, it's just kind of like the cost of doing business. I personally think of that max contract to Chris Middleton is one of the things that's just going to kill you. Like it, it, that max contract to Chris Middleton is one of the things that will kill you if now all of a sudden you start not spending money because you paid Chris Middleton the max. Like now you you're a luxury tax team and that's just the thing that you're going to be going forward. All right, listen, guys, the conversation is over. I'm putting money on the Bucks to win the title next season. Twin energy, Brooklyn oh, Robin. Wow, twin, twin energy. energy. We saw a little spark of it. With the Morris twins on the Suns, they started playing really well together. And then it was Robert Sarver probably like separated them and they were like, move their lockers away from each other and like, don't let them talk to each other. And it ended up not working out. But I'm telling you, the twin energy mixed with Giannis, who's definitely going to lean into the twin energy. This is next year's title winner. You're looking at it. It's the best free agent uh, hall of any team. Love it. All right. Cat loves it. Moving on to the Indiana Pacers, who took Malcolm Brogdon away from uh, the Bucks. It should also be mentioned they traded for TJ Warren last week, uh, or two weeks ago, something like that, and then also signed Jeremy Lamb, who played a decent season last year for the Hornets. I love it. I think they're another team that, with Oladipo coming back, is formidable in the very deep Eastern Conference. Another reason why the Knicks would lose under 25 games, because the East is good. Love it. In a guard-driven league right now with your star player coming back, you add Malcolm Brogdon, who is an automatic – he's, a, he's a, a, a secondary ball handler, a good defender, and when he's off ball, a knockdown three-point. He's like he, he like sniffs 50-40-90. I like Malcolm Brogdon a lot, a lot, lot. Love it. Jeremy Lamb hit a monstrous three-pointer. Uh, at the buzzer. That was a great shot. One of my favorite highlights of the season. He did. I remember that. 
Guy's also, like, he's a guy that never really got to choose where he wanted to play. I feel like he was always in trades. When guys kind of get to finally hit free agency, I feel like they play better. Like, he's he decided to go to Indiana. It's a good program. Same with Brogdon. Like, the one thing that should be mentioned, this is with the caveat, they obviously lost Crozier and Thad Young. Um, but, again, get Oladipo back. So, it'll be a fun team. Shout out to Grandpa Jay. Uh, moving on in uh, the Central Division, Catman, love or hate the Detroit Pistons? The only notable signing, our friend Derek Rose. Hate it. T- t- tremendously terrible. Sad, actually. Martin, I, I, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't either, and that's what I'm going with. Hate it. They, they're not even caring to try to get better. They're going to be a borderline playoff team again. Probably not make it. Blake Griffin's out there partying with supermodels. Good for him. Derek Rhodes, bum, hate it. All right, moving on. Chicago Bulls um, had a, a you know good, decent showing at some points last year. Kind of signed Thad Young and Thomas Sandoransky to to add to their young roster. I'll say I love it. Thad Young, I don't know. He's just a good veteran guy to have around, and I'm I'm high on Sadoransky, as I mentioned you guys off air. Catman, how do you feel about it? Sadoransky's good for like two points, eight assists, seven rebounds, and like will disappear halfway through the game. Thad Young's a nice player, but not if he's going to be like your second best player to the finisher, who I do like marking in, but. You know, there's like they're gonna be doing too many push-ups under Jim Boylan, and they're gonna be tired. So, uh, hate it. <laughs> Again, like the Bulls are a team like the, the the they don't move me one way or the other. Like I don't see this. I don't see this isn't going to make them a significantly better team. No. Like I, I feel like if anything, at least you got Dad Young, so like you could trade him to a contender and get some pieces back, maybe like at the trade deadline yeah and that's what i we thought maybe some of the guys on the knicks could be for it's possibly a similar idea but i think they also just yeah expecting laurie wendell carter jr and uh and zach levine who had a decent year last year to continue to get better and hope that uh these guys can can help support that the uh last team in central division our friend coach john beeline and coach Lindsay's cleveland cavaliers have done nothing. Um, but it's rumored that they're thinking about trading Kevin Love. So while we're on the topic of love it or hate it, what do you guys think about them trading Kevin Love to a team like maybe even the Lakers uh, to support LeBron? Love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Bottom it out and give my boy Johnny absolutely no expectations. <laughs> also, yeah, why does he ha- Why did they draft the point guard when they ha- drafted the point guard last year? I don't really understand that. Because they don't like the point guard they drafted last year. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, run through real quick the Southeast Division because as it kind of came up earlier, this division is really sad. Um, Magic, Hornets, Heat, Wizards, Hawks. I got to say, I think, Martin, you're in agreement that we like the Hawks the most in this division, maybe not necessarily to win it, although potentially to win it. So Evan Turner, Atlanta Hawks, I'm just going to say, it sounds like we all hate that move because we don't really like Evan Turner, but we're excited about the Hawks. Anything that gets the ball in Trey Young and in Trey Young's hands and John Collins' hands and Kevin Horder, like those guys, as long as those guys are like, 
I want them playing and getting much as much take. So if Kent Bazemore is more of a wing player, more of a guy like, well, Evan Turner is a small forward. He has been playing like that backup point guard role that he's been playing for like pretty for Portland for. Or he's been playing that backup facilitator role really since he was in Boston. Yeah, he, I think he's going to do it again. I think that's what they envision. Like Trey Young's going to start. Turner's going to basically be their sixth man and come in with some of these younger rookies. They traded uh, uh, Torian Prince and. Just are planning on letting I bet him like run the second unit. All right, we have spent way too much time talking about the Atlanta Hawks. All right, yeah, let's move on to the Wizards, who uh, lost Sadoransky. Thomas Bryant was re-signed. He had a decent year backing Ooh. up whoever left here. I don't know. I hate it just because again, I, I think you can't. How can you respect these teams that are just signing guys and they stink, going nowhere. Free Bradley Beal. That's my take. All right. Miami Heat, an interesting team here in the Southeast because they did acquire Jimmy Butler and then proceeded to trade Hassan Whiteside and acquire Myers Leonard. I still don't really quite get it. So I'm just going to go with hate it. I don't think getting this crazy Jimmy Butler is worth it. No, I hate it because you signed Jimmy Butler as a guy who can maybe bring somebody else to your team, but then again, you signed Jimmy Butler and he's an asshole, so I hate it. Yeah, I guess I hate it for the Heat, but I love it for Jimmy Butler. Nice job. All right, Charlotte Hornets obviously lost Kemba Walker, replaced him with uh, pretty expensive. It was like three years, $58 million, I think, of Terry Rozier. I hate it. This guy never talked about proof of concept. He had like half a good season, and he just paid him. $20 million, like uh, Julius Randle's more proven than Terry Rozier. I I don't get this. The Hornets are another team that's just hanging around. Terry Rozier's contract's going to be a thing, and I like him, and I wish that he had – I wish that somebody had offered him, like, a, a nice, reasonable $15 million a year contract. Yeah, but it's just like he's just – it's just not – So you, you hate it? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like the player, hate the contract. Like, I like Terry's game for whatever reason. Like, I liked him when he was – I've always liked him from when he was at Louisville. He just – he seems like the type of player that you can have on a winning team to me. As like a sixth or seventh man, though, maybe, not as your starting point guard. And, like, there's no one else on that team. I'm not saying – like, exactly. He's not the guy. Like, he's not the – but if I was, like – if I was the Lakers, I would, I would have liked to have Terry Rozier be my starting point guard. Like if I have to have a starting point, like if I have if I have no real space, I'm not getting an A plus guy. Like I'm not getting a game changer at point guard, right? These guys like like Terry Rozier's not a game changer. He's interchangeable to me, but I like his what he brings to the table more than some more interchangeable guys. I guess that's fair. The Hornets just have no one on that roster. Their biggest pay, their high paid players are like Batum and. Uh, I don't even dun, know who dun, else, and I guess they're counting on dun, like Monk dun, and Bridges dun, to play dun, well. Biombo, Bismack, Biombo, Bismack. All right, cat, love it or hate it on Terry. Hate it. They that's a sad organization. Michael Jordan should sell the team. Him and Dolan. All right, so the final team in the Eastern Conference, final team in the Southeast, uh, the Orlando Magic, who basically are running it back. So re-signed Vucevic. Resigned Carter Williams, resigned Terrence Ross. Uh, they did sign Al Farouk Aminu, so added another kind of athletic swingman. I'm going to go with hate it just because I think they should have made a, more of a splash. They got, it's good they signed Vooch, but they got kind of lucky 
with uh, their point guard play last year, and they didn't replace uh, DJ Augustine and Michael Carter-Williams combo. So I'm going with hate it. Should have done something else. Martin? Hated it. Uh, but just in part because this is not a proof of concept team. This is a team that you're going to have to build around what you got. And what you got is one playoff win in the last, I don't know, five years, six years. And so all of your response to that is to give these guys, like, that's not, I understand you have more organizational success than you've had in a little bit of a while, but just because it's warmer outside don't mean it's summer. See, I disagree. I loved it. You had to re-sign Nikola Vucevic. That guy's a franchise player. I love his game. He brought them to the playoffs. And Terrence Ross is a guy that, I like Terrence Ross. Now, Michael Carter-Williams, now he's a barbershop guy. It's like, that guy was the rookie of the year. You know, you never know with that guy. He could put it all together. All right. So my, my thing as I'm looking at it, though, and I and I like Vucci as well, but he has replaceable skills. If you could have let and you've drafted Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba pretty recently. So if you could tr- get rid of Vucevic and try to get a real point guard in there, maybe that's the move that like, the you know, the Raptors, when they decided to trade to Rosen, like maybe you needed a harsher move than just coming back and running it back with this same squad. Like, this team's not going to compete in the East. Well, maybe they can trade. Maybe they want to – maybe they're ready to give up on a, on a Bamba or somebody like that. That's possible. Or even Vucci, I guess. You can always be trading – signing these guys to trade them. Exactly. Ask Blake Griffin. All right. So we've uh, we've covered the Eastern Conference fairly in-depthly. We uh, – some teams more so than others. But it, it was a crazy – 36 hours. I think we all appreciated them starting it at six o'clock or like four 50, whenever the hell they really started at Eastern time rather than midnight. So we could collect all of our thoughts here in the, uh, now being Monday night. So in the like, you know, 27 hours, 28 hours, it's been since, uh, rather than going too in depth on the Western conference, let's just hit on the main last domino to fall. Uh, I don't even know if we want to call this, but I guess we can. It's our second. Second hot topic basically is just the remaining free agency, which is where will Kawhi Leonard go? We talked about the Raptors a little bit, but not that much. But more importantly, Martin, is he coming to L.A.? And which team is it going to be? People are literally wishing and trying to make this thing happen. Kawhi to the Lakers. Like, it makes no sense to me whatsoever if I'm Kawhi Leonard that I'm going to come to the Los Angeles Lakers. If anything, if I, if anything, and fully full disclosure, I've said that I wanted Kawhi to stay with Toronto, and I think that's what he should do. Then I guess maybe I'm looking at this through some Martin colored lenses, right? But if I'm Kawhi, I demanded my trade from San Antonio. Why did I demand my trade from San Antonio? Why was I unhappy in San Antonio? I didn't have the recognition that I felt I deserved being one of the top five players in the NBA. No one was seeing me. Not, I, wasn't getting, I wasn't getting the type of attention that guys like LeBron and Kevin Durant get. That's one thing. And the second and honestly more important thing, you got, I told you guys I'm not feeling good enough to play. You don't believe me? You think I'm lying to you? No, I don't feel good enough to play. If I felt good enough to play, I'd be out there trying to do it. And it's the same thing that happened with Derrick Rose in Chicago. But, like, so he's like, nah, I want to be traded. Now, when you're sitting back and you have 
the the whole wealth of MBA ability. Like, like when you're leaving a job you don't like, and every single company in the world is like, "Yo, you can come on if you like." Like, and like you're gonna pick the one, like you're gonna pick the one that you think right now is the is the most appealing, right? At that period in time, grass is always greener. Yeah, I like to go to L.A. Well, I would, you know, I'd like to be in L.A. It's a nice place to live. That's where I'm from, blah, blah, blah. But also, I'd like to leave from this terrible-ass situation that I'm in. So he gets traded to a place. They embrace him. They they take him in-depth. They embrace him and really make him a part of the culture. Give him the attention that he would – that he deserves, honestly, as a player of his caliber, who's just not at the level of it. Like, give him the attention and all that. Like the merchandise sales, just he has the attention of a country behind him that lets him be himself and lets him do what he like, lets him do his thing. Secondly, the load management, as we chronicled it throughout all whatever all season, the loads management deal, it worked here. Kawhi, we took your every single health consideration into account, and guess what happened? We won a title. We could do this again. Trust us. In fact, you don't need to trust us because we've proven over this year that we've trusted each other. Now, I think Kawhi takes meetings because Kawhi is the type of guy, in, in, in today's day and age, of I'm going to announce my free agency on Instagram. Right with uh, hey Brooklyn back, hey Brooklyn back. Right, I'm gonna announce my free agency on Instagram, that type of thing. Doesn't it make sense that Kawhi Leonard's gonna go to every meeting that he had scheduled? Yeah, he's definitely taking his time. He wants to, I mean, he's got the NBA in the palm of his hand right now, like, he's just making a decision. And no one's gonna be mad at him like they've been mad at other guys, although I think people would think it's a little strange, but. Like you said, he's a strange guy, and I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with you that like staying in Toronto and maybe he signs a one and one is the best basketball decision. But it'd be pretty fucking cool to see him go to LA, just in the sense that you'd see three of the best basketball players of all time theoretically on the same team. Hey, the Lakers thing doesn't make any sense. It's always been. Kawhi to the Clippers, Kawhi to the Clippers, Kawhi to the Clippers, right? The Lakers thing didn't start to happen until Anthony Davis got there. I am of the opinion that this Lakers meeting is just out of respect for the fact that there's two of the top five players in the NBA going to be in the room at the same time. But you got to make all this make sense to me. And if I'm Kawhi, I'll put it to you like this. You two guys just recently got engaged. Crash, you got married. Before either one of those experiences – did you ask your ex, her ex-boyfriend how she was? Because Kawhi, before his meeting with the Lakers, went to Magic Johnson and asked Magic what was really going on. Now, I think it's on the onus is on you guys, Kat, to show him we can do everything that Toronto has, but we can do it in 75-degree weather. There is a connection with Magic. The, Kawhi's uncle knows Magic, so that was the connection – with them talk with them talking uh i i just think it'd be i'm just saying it'd be interesting because maybe their pitch is lebron's 33 or however old and so this is going to be yours and anthony davis's team in you know next year or two years from now whenever go ahead cat it just doesn't make any sense 
It doesn't make any sense. No. Why would he want to go there? How are you going to load manage when it's just the three of them and LeBron wants to load manage? And Anthony Davis isn't exactly the beacon of health. Also, from like a recognition standpoint, Martin, you're right. He wouldn't get any if he went to LeBron's team. And, I, you know, so the, the Raptors, I feel like, would make sense. But I felt like the thing has always been it's never going to get any better than it is right now with the Raptors. Like he went there. And it, the whole thing, like you said, Kraz, earlier about Jeremy Lamb, when a guy gets to choose where he wants to go, they really take that – decision to heart and want to go with the place that they want to go. This is the time that you get to go where you want to go. I'll pose, pose it this way too. How many guys in free agency have elected to sign with the Lakers yet? Nobody's going there. But that doesn't mean that just could mean they have, they're still waiting for Kawhi. Wait, timeout. I literally just saw a tweet and this could be an absolute nobody. But it just says, apparently, the pitch for Kawhi, from LeBron to Kawhi was, I won't be here in two years. This will be your team, and I'm willing to adjust my game to fit yours, which is basically what I just said. Like huh. His pitch is like, I'm old, you'll take the reins. And Anthony Davis is a complimentary player. As amazing as he is, it's 1A, 1B. It's Jordan Pippen-esque. It's you know, Kawhi. Huh. AD becomes that one-two combo. Dragonfly Jones says, lying. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my thing is, it's like, bro, okay, that's cool. You're not going to be here in two years. But you know who else might not be here in two years? Rob Palenka and this whole structure of this whole situation. I don't – yeah, this whole thing might not be here in two years. And then look how Rob did the New Orleans deal. I'm Kawhi. I'm looking back like, bro, what's going on with y'all? Y'all are the Lakers. Do you, do you guys give any, like, credence to the – Patrick Beverly is now re-signed with the Clippers. Mo Harkless tweeted, does anybody have Kawhi's number? I mean, the, the Clippers have the same roster. They're, they return in the two six-man-of-the-year candidates. Gallinari, Ivica Zubac. How about that trade for the Lakers, trading Mike Muscala, and then Mike Muscala walks? <laughs> I mean, is that the worst trade of all time? Yeah, Zubac is pretty good. So doesn't that look sexy and appealing to Kawhi? That's what I'm saying, Martin. Like you said, 75-degree weather, and who's sitting across the table? It's Lawrence Frank. It's Jerry West. It's Doc Rivers. It's Patrick Beverly, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Like That's a team with a lot of promise, and he could be a guy to win a title with three teams. How many other people have won a title with three teams? Nobody, right? As the signature guy? No, absolutely not. Like, as the, as the number one guy, no. Well, Shaq won with L.A. and Miami only. I'm trying to think if Robert Ory was a two teams, right? Like Because I feel like that was the thing with LeBron, where it was like, all right, he got his Miami, he got his Cleveland, like now he's going to get his L.A. Kawhi could be like, he's got his San Antonio, he went to Toronto, now he goes and gets his L.A. But he doesn't want to share that with LeBron. And Kawhi's personality fits with the Clippers, man. If, they, if there's anything I know. Sorry, Robert Ory did win with the Rockets, the Lakers, and the Spurs. Oh, and the other thing that was always in the uh, the other thing that was always in the air about Kawhi was he didn't want to play with LeBron. Like it was the whole thing is if LeBron goes to the Lakers, is Kawhi going to join him because Kawhi doesn't want to play with another star? That was a whole that was a whole talking point when he was still in, excuse me still in San Antonio. Yo, you know where there are no stars, but just good, 
tough, gritty players, the Clippers and Doc Rivers. It's all set up, man. Proof of concept. What the heck was last year? All right. Well, look, we'll tackle the Western Conference in depth next episode after we get the Kawhi decision. But for right now, let's weave and achieve with one final declaration. By the time we record the podcast, uh, the next time Kawhi Leonard will be a member of the Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors. Wow. All right. I want to just get this out there now. I don't think that Rob Palenka and Jimmy Buss had I like I don't think that they thought that Terrence Ross would be signed right now. No, but but Rich Paul knows that the Morris twins haven't been signed yet, and technically Demarcus Cousins hasn't been signed yet, and you know Danny Green. There's guys, uh, but there's there's not. I don't think the pool of guys is as big as they thought they would be. And, like, there's going to have to be a lot of hand-wringing to come and take minimums. Or a role in Space Jam, too. But, yeah, but it's going to be have to be a lot more convincing than, than I think that they – that's why I think they fucked this up. Like, I think they fucked this up. Well, it's – you hate to see teams that fuck it up, like the Lakers and the Knicks, and it's time for little brothers around the country, from the Clippers to the Nets, to rise up. B-teams unite. We even achieve. We even achieve. We even achieve. Maybe never put up a fight that didn't even make a sound. Another legend let you win, but I never ever had a doubt. Standing on a little hello, who? I'm my angel now. It's like I've been awakened Every word I had to break it Is the risk that I'm taking And I'm never gonna let you down Everywhere I'm looking now I'm surrounded by your embrace Maybe I can see your halo That's Beyonce, Halo